bow your heads with me in a quick word of prayer. We thank you for today. Lord, we won't forget what you've done for us. Lord, each and every day we wake up saying thank you for your many blessings, Lord. And Father, on today, we ask you once again, Lord, to be in the midst of your people, to show yourself strong, Father, through your word, Father, through your message, through your servant, Lord. Allow, Lord, your word to penetrate hearts and minds, to get folks to think differently, Lord, that they may be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have Bibles, I ask that you turn to Numbers, the 12th chapter. Numbers, the 12th chapter. And we're going to read the entire chapter. I'm going to read it in your hearing. And you can uh, read along with me silently. We'll be, uh, I'll read from the uh, NASB version. So, Numbers 12, verses 1 through 16. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and to Miriam, You three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam. When they had both come forward, he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? So the anger of the Lord burned against them and he departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. As Aaron turned towards Miriam, behold, she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, I beg you, do not account this sin to us in which we have acted foolishly and in which we have sinned. Oh, do not let her be like one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. 
Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Oh God, heal her, I pray. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut up for seven days outside the camp, and afterward she may be received again. So Miriam was shut up outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until Miriam was received again. Afterward, however, the people moved out from Hazareth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Maybe seated. Wow. Wow. Well, Tom and I are at it again. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, we're at it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back a, back a few weeks ago, uh, I came in and I switched the keyboard out. I switched the keyboard out from, from home and I said, you know, it would probably be in better shape than the one that was here. And, and I did that on a Friday. Well, that following Sunday, you know, Tom and I greeted each other and in the middle of our exchanging uh, pleasantries, you know, uh, he, he said to me, um, so, uh, uh, was that you uh, over here on Friday? You know, changing the keyboard out, and I said, yeah, that was me. He said, oh, I, I thought so. I thought so, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of hooked up to the cameras because you know, I'm part of security, and I, and I saw you, and I, and I said, you know, I, I hardly recognized him. You, you know, you gained some weight. <laughs> I said, friend. <laughs> you know, these eyes of ours are like windows, right? And sometimes windows are two-sided. They're two-sided. Not only do they allow things to come in, but they also allow things to come out. For, for example, they can communicate things that come from the inside out. And I give you an example. Notice how I look at Karen. Now, 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 notice how I look at Tom. <laughs> you see the difference? <laughs> you communicate things differently, right? Right? That, that brings us to our, our lesson today, believe it or not. Right in the expositor, lesson seven uh, is, is titled Miriam and Aaron Oppose Moses. But my working title today would be Lane Assistance. Lane Assistance. Amen. And I want us to consider three, consider three points. The complaint, the meeting call. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little inside joke. And the conclusion, the lane, the meeting call, and the conclusion. Let's look at the complaint. The complaint, so shortly after uh, God miraculously delivered 
the nation of Israel by dividing the sea in Exodus 14. The nation sings a song of praise to God in Exodus 15. And soon after that song ends, the nation begins to grumble and complain. They grumble and complain, right? And as leader, Moses was uh, faced with what felt like constant complaints. The, the complaint that, that, that folks had for lack of water, uh, lack of bread, lack of meat, and on and on and on. The complaining rose to a level that God had to address it. And then in Numbers chapter 11, God sent a fire down and it consumed some of the people living in the outskirts of the camp. But the complaint that arose in today's chapter, in Numbers, this chapter here, uh, today's complaint is a bit different. It's a bit different. Folks on the outside complained by the dozens, but now this complaint came from among Moses' relatives, and not just relatives, but his siblings, right? His sister and his brother. This was a family affair which made it more close and personal, personal for Moses. This had the vibes, if you will, of Cain and Abel and Jacob and Esau and Joseph and his brothers, that sibling rivalry that just escalates, right? And Paul, it reminds me of Paul in, the, in Acts the 20th chapter. Acts the 20th chapter. It reminds me of what Paul said to the to the uh, elders of Ephesus, if you all remember. In the 20th chapter of Acts, verse 28 through 30, Paul said this in his farewell address to the elders. He says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. What he said in short is this. He says in short, be aware of folks from the outside, because they're going to mean the church no good at times. Then he says, be aware of folks that are even on the inside of the church, because sometimes they're, they're going to be up to no good. And pray that you yourself won't be up to no good in the church. Amen. So he was saying that you got to watch it because it can come from within. So today, grammatically, all the expositor writers and, and all the uh, experts said that this passage was written in the feminine gender. So what it means 
more than likely, is that guess who headed up this complaint? <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> Miriam. Right? Miriam led this effort against Moses, and just like he, he had done in the uh, debacle of the golden calf, guess who followed? Aaron. Aaron followed, right? And, and, and note how badly the thinking errors were. <laughs> note how badly uh, the thinking errors, just, just, just look at them. They thought it would be a good idea to couch, disguise, cover their complaints in racism. See, see, racism wasn't their real complaint. But they decided to use racism to complain. Isn't that a, uh, that's a serious thinking area, so, era. So they, they, what they said was, uh, and they thought this was cool. They, they said, uh, Moses, we dislike that you married outside the race. This is couch. This is, this is, this is what their real complaint was dressed in. We, we dislike the fact that you married outside the race, an Ethiopian or Cushite, right? A, a woman of uh, hematic descent. Uh, 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 put simply, you, you married a sister, Moses. <laughs> and we don't like it, right? And we don't like it. But the real complaint, the real complaint was that their younger brother, their younger brother, meaning Miriam and Aaron's younger brother, was in charge. And they didn't like the fact that he was in charge. That was the real complaint, right? And, and although God honored them with gifts like, like for example, uh, in, in Exodus 20:20, Miriam was called a prophetess. God, God had honored them with gifts. Miriam was a prophetess, and Aaron was the first high priest, but yet that was not enough. That was not enough, right? That wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for them. They still decided to complain, to lodge this complaint. Let, let's go back to me looking at time for a minute. Remember I said how windows, like the eyes were windows, remember that? And I said sometimes, you know, not only do they let stuff in, but they also let stuff out. Remember I said that? Well, well, let's, let's learn a new word. This new word, this new word that I found this week is, is, is envy, right? And envy comes from a Latin word. And this Latin word is Nvidia or Nvidio. You hear that? Nvidio. To look closely at, then to look with malicious intent. Right? In other words, it goes on to say that a grudging regard for the advantages seen to be enjoyed by others. Let me read that again. A grudging regard for the advantages seen to be enjoyed by others. 
an example of that is in, in, in 1 Samuel 18, verses 8 through 9. Then Saul came, became very angry, for this saying displeased him. Remember the women had a song, David killed his ten thousands and thousands, and, and Saul killed his little thousands, you know. And Saul, Saul said, he, it became, he became very angry and, and displeased, and it deplete, displeased him. And, and, and he said this, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me, they have ascribed thousands. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? Then, then all of a sudden, in, in, in verse 9, he uses that word that, that, that means envy. Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. With envy, right? With envy, right? It, it, see, see, although that doesn't quite capture how I look at Tom. In my mind, that is going to be how Tom looks at me when I get myself in shape. <laughs> With envy. <laughs> With envy, right, right, right. Envy, envy and jealousy, envy and jealousy. They, 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 this is a, that's a two-headed monster. It's a two-headed monster. Envy and jealousy, it goes like this. I don't want you to have something unless I have it too. And then it gets worse. I don't want you to have what you have at all. Envy and jealousy. And guess what? That they're mutually exclusive to love. Meaning that when envy or jealousy is in the church, love is not. When envy and jealousy is present in a church, absent is love. Absent is love. Amen? If you recall, I'll go back and just rewind the tape for you all. And I know if you were present, you heard Elder Williamson tell a story about his interaction with a coworker. And he said that this coworker said, if you want to find some dirt on somebody and, and, and you want to just find like what's, what's bad about them and everything else, just talk them up. Talk him or her up. Brag on them, brag on them, build them up to their closest friends to their closest friend. And then that closest friend will get to a point where they will give you information to tear them down. Ain't that interesting? May it never be in a church. May it never be in a church. Amen? And just a quick, a quick, uh, 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 a quick thing on verse 3. Verse 3. It says in parentheses, right? I think it says, yeah, in parentheses, depending on what translation you find. It says that, and I'm going to go back to it. It says that now the man Moses was very humble. 
more than any man who was on the face of the earth, right? Well, well, that's kind of interesting. How humble could Moses be if he was the author of this book and he wrote it, right? Uh, how humble could he be, most people say, if he writes, and Moses was the most humble man of all men on the face of the earth, right? How humble can you be if you write that about yourself, right? But I can see Moses struggling to write this and God telling him, no, you write it because it's important to the narrative. You write it, right? You write it. And, and the, reason, the reason why you need to write it is because you know, when they see this narrative, your brother and your sister were tearing you down. They were going around saying that you were some type of tyrant and, 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 and crazy ruler and everything else when you were my man. You were the man that I chose. No, you write it down. I am speaking for you, Moses. I'm speaking for you. Uh, you're not going to defend yourself on this one. I am. So I'm going to defend you through my word through my word. Amen. And then the meeting call. The meeting call. God dealt with this false narrative in a swift manner, right? Suddenly, suddenly, verse four, suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and to Miriam, get down here. Get down here right now, right? You three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out, right? And that's what God said, get down here, right? And, and I know, I know, I know this had to be a, a, a scary moment, right? God called a meeting at the church and started by saying, oh, I, I, I heard you. I've heard you. Now, hear me, right? Hear me now. And, and this is something that God had to address because, see, Moses couldn't address it because it would seem like Moses was defending himself, right? But God said, Moses, I got this one. I got this one, right? So I, I've heard all your complaints. Now be quiet and hear me, right? Hear me. Right. If I chose to speak to Moses. Right. Now, you need to understand this. And he in, in, in summation, he says this. I reveal and communicate to prophets, uh, uh, prophetess Miriam, you should know. I communicate through prophets, right, through visions and dreams, but not so with my servant Moses. Right. See. Now, if I chose to speak to Moses mouth to mouth, or in other words, face to face, eyeball to eyeball, then that ought to, then that ought to have told you something. It, it should have told you, I better not mess with him. How could you still have the guts to mess with him when I put him in a position where I'm start talking to him eyeball to eyeball, but I'm talking to you through dreams and visions. 
Don't you know that I put him in a position? I put him in a place. I put him in a position. I put him in a place. He didn't put him there. I put him there. And you're still going to speak against it. And you're still going to speak against it. Really? This is what the expositor says. It is still a dangerous thing to speak against those whom God has divinely chosen for a specific work. It is like saying that God did not know what he was doing when he chose that person. You hear that? It's like you know better. And God is saying this. I don't deny that I put Moses in that place. I, I, I don't uh, deny that I gave one to be a prophetess. I don't deny the fact that I gave another to be high priest. And I don't deny, and I'm not going back on my word when I gave another to be a leader. I'm doing this thing unapologetically. I don't have to apologize to you or anybody else. Yeah, I put him there. Yes, I did. And you spoke against it. And you spoke against it. And you spoke against it. The counter. <laughs> the counter. The counter starts at verse 9. And it says, so the anger of the Lord burned against them and he departed. The expositor says once again, the Bible is not a book about people, but rather a book about God and his dealings with people. You hear that? The Bible is not a book about people, but rather a book about God and his dealings with people. So after he told them to come here, right? And he told them a thing or two about themselves, right? And in my mind, I see it as, him saying in verse nine, you know, he told him to come here and you know you're in trouble. I know all of us can, 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 can identify with that. Come here. Mama and daddy displeased with you. Come here right now. And I know that just made some people tremble. <laughs> right? Right? And I know we can identify with that. And it just seemed that way. Come here. Come here. And they come. And when they come, they know they're in trouble. And you know you're in trouble because like when verse 9 just puts in my mind that God is just spilling it out and he's making his case and everything else. And then all of a sudden he just stops in mid-sentence and just go. You know how that parent just said, and then I told you to do this, and you did. <laughs> just like, I mean, you, you, you're on the verge of like, <laughs> let me stop. <laughs> right? Let me stop. And that's, and that's, that's, that's God, you know, he, he just, he just, Departed. <laughs> he, he departed, right? But it said that his anger, his anger rose, right? And, and, and here's another thing. It says that that's a, that's a serious consequence. That's the last thing any of us would want or should want is for God to depart. 
is for God to depart. Amen. Again, it's, it's like an upset parent, right? And, and Jesse stopped in mid-sentence, it seemed, and he just departed, right? Aaron was a, he may have been a follower, but he was a smart dude. He said, oh boy, this is trouble, right? And, and quickly Aaron repented, right? And then he ran and he, he saw what was happening to his sister. He saw her skin, right, turn white due to leprosy, right? And he compared Miriam, Miriam's condition to a stillborn child. He says she was like a stillborn child, right? And it drove him, and here's the, here's the irony. It drove him to do what he should have been busy doing in the first place interceding as a high priest, right? That's what you should have been doing in the first place instead of up there talking about Moses. Oh, I'm sorry. But that's what he should have been doing anyway, right? And it drove him to do what he should have been doing in the first place. And he intercedes for his sister, right? He intercedes for his sister. And here's the beautiful example, the beautiful example set by Moses. Moses was quiet during this time, right? And then all of a sudden, what you, when you hear Moses, with urgency, he's praying to God for his sister. Not vengeance. Not, not, not the big payback. But he's praying for his sister. Yes, yeah, she, she did me wrong. But Lord, heal her now. Heal her, Lord. Heal her. Heal her now. Isn't that interesting? And also notice that God struck Miriam with a disease that took her away from the very thing that she was coveting, the congregation. Right? She wanted that leadership. But God struck her with a with an illness that took that very thing away. You can't, you can't lead the congregation being, a leprosy, being in leprosy, right? In a state of leprosy. No, you can't do that, right? And he took her away. What a lesson. What a lesson. And it reminded me of lane assistance. And these new vehicles that we have now, you have lane assistance technology, right? And, and the way they work, I don't know all the intricate details, but I know a little bit where they said that this, this technology works through your side view and review mirrors, right? And it helps you to stay in your lane, right? And it says that when you drift out of your lane, it gives you two sets of warning. One is an audible one where it says, and then when you don't listen to that, it gives you a heptic, right? In other words, it gives you a quick shake of your steering wheel. You're drifting, right? You're drifting, right? And, 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 and I thought about that and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit is our lane assistant, right? 
And when folks get out of their lane and try to look at some other folks lane, when God has placed you in a position and then all of a sudden you want to get in somebody else's position, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gives you an audible. And that audible could be through a, a friend or someone close or a spiritual leader saying, hey, you should not do that, do that, don't do that. <laughs> right? Right? But then all of a sudden when you ignore even that, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gives you a heptic, just shakes you up a bit and shakes you up and say, uh-uh, get back in your lane. Get back in your lane. And here's the deep thing. Like I said, uh, a very important part of the system is your rearview mirrors, right? And it's all about the rearview mirrors and how they're reading things. In other words, you don't have to look behind you. The sensors and everything else are built in the mirrors. And that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, I got your back. I just want you to stay focused and stay in your lane and don't drift don't drift. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. I was also reading what this one writer had stated, and it was, it was something that really hit me. And he said, M-A-P. M-A-P. Motivated Ability Motivated ability pattern. He says, everyone has abilities. Everyone has abilities, right? Some have abilities that they have very little motivation to use. And he calls that non-motivated abilities. But then he says, some have the motivation but not the ability. <laughs> and that is motivated non-ability. Then he says this, we don't do favors to those by keeping them in jobs in which they are not gifted to do. Ouch. 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 You know, some people, they love to look over in the other lane. And they are so busy looking over into that other lane that they're causing accidents all in the church. Right? They're causing accidents all in the church. And, and this one sister said it like this. The man who keeps busy helping the man below him won't have time to envy the man above him. And there may not be anybody above him anyway. You hear that? In other words, if you stay busy in your lane and not eyeing someone else's lane, and getting over and you're ignoring all the warnings, all the heptics and everything else. And you're causing these accidents in the church. 
Remember what's mutually exclusive. If envy and love is present in a church, I mean, if envy and, and jealousy is present in a church, love isn't. Love isn't. Time out for jealousy. Time out for envy. It's time to celebrate what God has given others. See, here's the thing. No matter how much you try, you can say, ooh, I, I, man, I, I, I love the way so-and-so sings. Ooh, I love the way they sing. Ooh, let me, I'm going to go and I'm going to practice. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and just buy me all these tapes to learn how to sing. And then I'm going to go and get lessons and everything else. And then I'm going to out-sing him or her. I'm going to come back and I'm going to, oh, I'm going to out-sing I'm going to out-sing him. You know what? You, might, you may improve. That, but that don't mean that's your gift. You see what I'm saying? See, God is the one that chooses the gifts, right? He's the one that says, I, I, need, the, I need you here with this ability. I need you here with this ability. I gave that to you. And how dare we speak out against what God gave? And that's the point of the lesson. That's the point of the lesson. We don't want a church that, you know, you're raining on folks' parades all the time. And, you, and, and when all of a sudden they show their giftedness, we ought to celebrate it. Right? And don't stand back and look how I look at Tom. <laughs> don't do that. Right? Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Can we be a church that celebrate each other? Yes, sir. Yes. Amen. Can we be a church that celebrate one another? When I see you and you working in your gift, can you go and say, I, I see you. I see you, and I thank God for you. You're working in that gift, and I thank God for you. The church needs you. Amen? And that's the point of the lesson, saints. That's the point of the lesson. And it was a, it was a good lesson, and it was a lesson that reminded me of some things. And just personally, what it reminded me of is that is this and how it spoke to me is that, you know, God gifts and he gifted me. He gifted me with, a, with, with certain gifts. And that was his call. That was his call. It wasn't mine. <laughs> it wasn't mine. He gifted me with certain abilities. And that was his call. But see, it's not my call to say what you're gifted in. God's got to show me that. God has got to show me that. He's got to show us, the community, the church. He's got to show us that. And when he shows us that, we have to support that. We've got to support it. Amen. Now, God may give me and other leaders 
more insight into who is who and who's equipped in what way, he may. But I'm saying that that gift doesn't come from me, right? That gift doesn't come from me, not in this position. So even though I may just with all my heart so badly want you to be something, that's God's business. That's God's business. Amen? And, and that's what it taught me. Just in this, just being in a position of leadership. That's God's business. Be sensitive and understand what God is showing you in your positions. Amen? But the most important thing is be a servant to one another. Serve each other, and don't think more highly of yourselves than you ought, right? He says, think what? Soberly. Isn't that an interesting word to think soberly, right? Because just think about it. I mean, soberly, we think automatically about, you know, right? And if you think of a person that drinks a lot, when they get up to a certain state, they be like, I could jump over Niagara Falls. I'm telling you right now, I could jump over Niagara Falls. They're not thinking soberly, are they? Right? Think soberly. Because when you're not thinking right, you're saying, I can be pastor. Or I could be choir leader, or I could be a musician, I could be, right, when you're not thinking soberly, you might be out of line, right? Just maybe out of line. So we need that lane assistance. If God is telling us, if that Holy Spirit is speaking in your ear saying, you can't sing. (laughs) You can't sing. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. You've got to listen. But more importantly than that, if you want to be used by God, you have to have a relationship with God. Son. That's what it gets down to. You have to have a relationship with God. And here's your opportunity now to have a relationship with God. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you're not right with him, get right with him today. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Answer that question. What will you do with Christ? What will you do with Christ? That's the question. Don't leave here today without that question being answered. For those who are out in Zoom, you have the information to contact us here. And for those who are here today, there'll be others, there'll be elders here in the the front of the church to, to help, to assist, to talk to you, to pray for you through this situation. Amen? Amen. God bless you.